and uh, it's so good to see you. We had a wonderful Easter season here at the church this past week, and God did so many great things. We saw uh, a number of people commit their lives to Christ, and it was so great, and it's really good to see you as well. We are, uh, today, we're going to go to the book of Luke, as you can see, Luke chapter 2. I'd like to share a message entitled, Lost and Found. Lost and Found. Now, we just got done celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. We just got done remembering the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, this particular scripture, we're actually going to kind of go backwards uh, about, mm, about 20 years uh, before the resurrection and the crucifixion took place. And what's interesting, this is the only occasion in between the visit of the wise men and the beginning of Jesus' ministry, between that gap that we see any mention of Jesus, between the wise men and the beginning of his ministry. Uh, it's pretty interesting, this story. Uh, this is the only time that we see mention of uh, Mary and Joseph together between the wise men and uh, Jesus' ministry. In fact, we don't even hear about Joseph at all after this story. But there's something that took place here in this scripture that I want to make really relatable to all of us here today. And, and I want to preface all my thoughts by saying this. Have you, have you ever been at a time in your spiritual life where you have said, wow, where... Where is Jesus in all of this? Where it feels like you've kind of lost what you once had with your relationship with him. I want to talk about that subject today. Because if all of us are honest, we can look back at a time where maybe we were incredibly fervent for the Lord. We were so excited about Jesus, and, and, and we kept him close. We kept him absolutely close. But now, or maybe later, things changed. That, that passion, that fervor, that fire, that desire, it kind of waned a little bit. And that's why I've entitled this Lost and Found. Because when we have those moments where we feel like we've lost that, I have good news today. We could find it again. We can find that again. I want to take you to an example of maybe some of the worst parenting you've ever seen. From Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. Okay, why don't you stand with me as we read God's word together. If you don't have a Bible or you don't have it on your device, you can follow along on the screen. I'll have all my scriptures there as well. You ready? Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom and after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Let's talk about finding what maybe we have lost in our relationship with the Lord. Jesus, would you move today and do great things? Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of us that are watching this, that are hearing this, that are together here. Lord, that you would do great and mighty things because you are a great and mighty God. Lord, may we be closer to you today than we ever have been before. And Lord, I'll thank you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Lost and found. Wow. Can you imagine what was going through Joseph and Mary's mind? May I remind you that 12 years ago, Joseph and Mary were told, hey, this is not some ordinary baby. This is the Messiah. And now, 12 years later, oh man, we just lost the Messiah. That's a bad day. That's not a good thing. And so I imagine they were going through a lot. There was a lot of emotion going around uh, amongst that couple there. But today, I want to use this as an occasion for us to kind of look at those times that we seem to lose track of Jesus in our own lives. Where at one time where Jesus might have been a very, very important part of our lives, but then for different reasons, and we're going to explore those, for different reasons, we tend to lose track of him. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can find ourselves saying, I'm living my life, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, I'm awfully busy, blah, blah, blah. And, and, but, but where, okay, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus in all this? For you see, you need to understand that a relationship with Jesus is not just meant to be a Sunday thing. A Sunday morning thing. And, and a lot of times, we can be very guilty of compartmentalizing our lives so much that we have our work life, we've got our family life, we've got our social life, we've got our hobbies. Oh, there's my Jesus part. And we kind of break him off, uh, off the shelf and we kind of take him with us to church. And as soon as you get done listening to an amazing sermon, you go home 
right? That's where you should say amen. And, and you go home, and you kind of put that back on the shelf, and, and I don't think, in fact, I know that's not how God's designed it. In fact, I would suggest that maybe you've lost track of where Jesus should be, because Jesus should be a part of every part of my life. Jesus is not a part of my life. Jesus is my life. And how do we, how do we recognize this, number one? And number two, what do we do about it? That's what I want to uncover here today for you. So I only have two main points. I have 27 subpoints, but I have two main points. I'm kidding. Okay, so let's start with this. Let's look at Jesus lost, and then we're going to look later at Jesus found. But let, let's start with Jesus lost. How do we lose track of Jesus? Because some of us, you might be hearing this, and you're thinking, well, I don't think that applies to me, Pastor. Let's, let's take a deep dive. Because that will tell you that there are even people in the ministry today that are so busy doing God stuff that they've actually lost track of where Jesus is in their lives. Let me explain. How, how do we lose track of him? Number one, it's in our routine. It's in our routine. Now, take a look at verses 41 and 42 again. Here's what it says. Every year, say every year, how many of you know this was a routine of theirs? This was a pattern of theirs. Every year, parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. Everybody say, according to the custom. So every year, according to the custom, they had a routine where they would go to the temple in Jerusalem and they would celebrate the Passover. And it was in the midst of this routine that they lost track of Jesus. In the midst of doing something that they had always done, they found themselves missing Jesus. Can I ask you today, are there any routines or habits that you are very much accustomed to doing? And you know the drill up here in your mind, but somehow it has escaped your heart. Uh, I, I am a self-confessed church brat. I grew up in church. I don't even know what it's like to not go to church. That's how ingrained into the church culture I have been for a long time. All my life, all 29-ish years, I have been. <laughs> and I, I know the church drill. I grew up with it. When I was a kid, we'd sing three fast ones and three slow ones. All of them in the key of F. Right? Because that was God's key. I knew when the prayer time would come. I even knew when Sister Loretta was going to give a message from God. I, 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 it just, I, I knew the drill. I knew the drill. 
And I grew up with all of these customs. And this was in the Pentecostal church, okay? And, and I grew up in all of these customs knowing, knowing the routine. And the frightening thing is I could rattle off the routine so well that Jesus could be nowhere near my Sunday experience because I lost him here. Does this make sense? It could be in our church routine. It could be in our work routine. We could be so caught up in work that, that, that we, we lose track of Jesus. Well, I'm busy. I got to provide for my family. But, but where, where's Jesus and all of that? It could be in, in, in a hobby that you're just passionate about. Students, it could be in your schoolwork. It could be a spiritual routine. It could, it could be anything that is routine to us. Is Jesus there? Or are we so caught up in the routine that we've lost, <laughs> we've lost track of Jesus in the midst of it? What else can be something we should consider. If we've lost track of Jesus, then not only should we recognize our routines, but I want you to take a look at the response that Joseph and Mary had here. Um, <laughs> wow. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they you catching this? They were unaware of it. Now, I need to clear some, something up because some of you are thinking, uh, Joseph, dad, Mary, mom, 12-year-old preteen Jesus, that was all who was making this trip. But that's, that's really not the case. Some of us might think that it's just like, like Pastor Phil and Annette and dear baby Jonathan, and, and, we're, and we're, we're going together as a family, and, and we're going to the temple. But that's not the case. When, when people would make these pilgrimages to the temple, oftentimes there would be just a huge family gathering. Uncles, aunts, grandparents, second cousins, second cousin twice removed. They would all be together. They must have been Italian. They did everything together. And, and they're all just kind of making their way. As the Italians are laughing. The non-Italians are thinking, what? And, and they're all just making their way as this huge group. So in all honesty, it would be potentially very likely that you could lose track of someone if you're traveling in a large very large group together. So not only could they not find Jesus, for a while they were actually unaware of it. They were totally in the dark about the absence of their son. Take a look at this. It's often easy for us to recognize when Jesus is present but it's often difficult to recognize when he's missing. Especially those of us, we call ourselves, you know, spirit-filled Pentecostal believers, okay? We, 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 oh, I felt Jesus today. 
how? I, I got the Holy Ghost goosebumps in my neck. <laughs> you know, or however we want to say that. Or, you know, they, they sang my song. And, and, and sometimes we have these silly ways of, of saying, yeah, God's here. But when he seems to be missing from our lives, the problem is when you mix that with your daily customary routines, sometimes we could even lose track of Jesus in our lives. Sometimes the prayer time diminishes. Sometimes the prayer time, the time in God's word, the time of personal worship, that kind of diminishes because we're going through life. We're doing all of our stuff. We're even doing really good stuff. It's not like we're selling crack, okay? We're doing good stuff. We're doing church stuff here. We're, we're, we're doing good things. And in the midst of all the good things that we're doing, we, 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 we lose track of him, but then sometimes we, we may not even recognize it. And that's a scary thing. So their response is curious because they didn't know that he was missing for a little while. Then thirdly, you know what gets us into trouble when this happens? There could be some rationalizing. There's a phrase in verse 44 that I got I to gotta bring out because I think that we can be guilty of this if we're not careful. It says, thinking he was in their company, <laughs> oh, they traveled on for a day. Thinking he was in their company. Oh, I, I've, I've met people who thought that Jesus was on board with the way that they were living. And, and it was far from what the Bible has to say. And, and I will tell you that I've seen this more and more and more uh, as, as maybe as I get older, as we keep on serving Jesus together. But there are elements of our culture that if we're not careful, they will bleed in to the church culture and in the lives and in the homes and in the families of people who are supposed to be following Jesus. But then we allow some things to come in and we allow some things to take place in our lives. And what happens, we, as the screen says, we, we continue on with our lives thinking Jesus is going along with us, but in all reality, he isn't. I, I've, I've had people tell me, you know what, I think Jesus just wants me to be happy. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll stay in this relationship that is not good. Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll do this because he's a lot more concerned about my happiness than what's in the Bible. And, and nothing, that, that is the biggest lie that I think the enemy, one of the biggest lies that I think the enemy is trying to tell this generation of church that somehow God has become more concerned about our comfort than our character. You can never have comfort at the expense of character. I'll put it another way. God will never make you happy at the expense of what his word has to say. He will never do that. Ever. 
And what happens, people tend to rationalize. And they think, oh, well, you know what? I kind of like this. So Jesus must be okay with this. He hasn't given me leprosy or anything like that. So I guess I'll just proceed. And I think I'll just keep on going. And we'll just let it grow and grow and do it. And we'll do this and do that. And what happens is that we start traveling along without Jesus. We don't even realize that, we, that, that he's not there. But we think, well, because I feel good about this thing, it must be okay. And it's not. And, and, and we lose we lose track of Jesus in our lives. And if I could give you one more way that we know that Jesus can be lost, I, uh, the word relationships came to my mind as I was reading this because I want to show you in verse 44 where they began to look. They began to look for him amongst their relatives and friends. Now, we know what this scripture is saying. This scripture is saying that they're, going, they're looking through the big family group. Do you, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Is he with you? Is he on the camel? Where is he at? Is he with Uncle Steve? Uncle Steve is weird. Let's hope not. Where is he? Where is he? We can't find him. We don't know where he's at. And so they're looking around and looking around and trying to find him amongst their relatives and their friends. But here's the deal. I've seen a lot of people shipwreck their faith because they're trying to find Jesus in earthly relationships instead of a heavenly one. Don't, don't miss this. I've seen, I've seen people jump from bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship. It's Facebook official. This one's Instagram official. This one is just a, I don't know what this is. And, and they go over and over. Bad relationship, terrible boyfriend, abusive relationship, terrible girlfriend, just a toxic relationship over and over and over and over again. And what are they, they're trying to find something that really only Jesus can give them. And we will never find the identity that God has for us outside of Jesus. We will never find true happiness, satisfaction, anything, identity outside of Jesus. Now, are relationships good? Yes, I'm not telling you to live in a cave and be a hermit the rest of your life. Uh, what I'm saying, though, is if we're trying to find what only Jesus can bring through a friendship this is why some people, even in the church, will have affairs. Because they're trying to find something that's missing in here. And they'll try to find it online. They'll try to find it at work. They'll try to find it with that person that they met at the, wherever the place is. And, and, and they will shipwreck their whole lives. Because they're trying to find something that only Jesus can give. We've got to be careful where we direct our longing for Jesus. Because I will tell you that all of this other stuff, all these earthly relationships, if, if, if that's what we're going for instead of Christ, it's just a cheap substitute that's not going to work. It's not, it, will not, it will not be fulfilling. Not outside of Christ. But if Jesus is where he should be, that changes every relationship. That changes every friendship. 
That changes those dating relationships. That changes your marriage. That changes your, your relationships with the body of Christ. That changes everything because he's where he should be. You see, there is a space in your soul, in your heart, that's reserved for nobody but Jesus Christ. And, and to, try to, to try to fill that space with anybody else, good or bad, that is disastrous. Jesus lost. I wonder today if there might be anyone under the sound of my voice, whether in this room or online, that, that you hear this and you think, whoa, wow, I think I've lost track of Jesus. I mean, I'll throw it out there when I pray over the food, <laughs> but he's not where he should be in my heart. What do you do? I don't know. Goodbye, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what, do you, what do you do? This is the beauty of God's word, right? Whenever God exposes something, he always gives the solution to. So we've seen Jesus lost. And if that applies to you, okay, here you go. Let's look at Jesus found. And that's in verses 45 through 51. How do we find him? Number one, you got to pick the right destination. Oh, this is This is good. Verses 45 and 46, you ready? It says, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Now, why is that significant? Because that was the last place that they were with him. That was the last place, let me, let me unpack this more. That was the last place where they felt his presence. That was the last place that they experienced him was at the temple in Jerusalem. So they said, if we're going to find Jesus, then we need to go back to the place where we last sensed him, where we were last with him, where we last experienced him. My challenge to each and every one of us, if we have lost Jesus somehow in the midst of our routine, in the midst of all the stuff that we do, if we've somehow lost him, would you choose a destination to go to? I'm not talking about a geographical place. I'm not saying you got to go back to youth camp. I'm not saying that you got to go back to this crusade that you saw somewhere in Alabama. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is there a place mentally, spiritually, where you sensed him before. But since then, since then, you don't sense him as much. That might be a place where you were less busy. That might be your destination. That might be a place where you used to get out of bed on time. How come we didn't like that? That, that? That's a maybe we're just saying, you know what? I'm just too tired. Okay, there's your destination. What is causing this? 
I'm just too busy. I'm too busy to have a relationship with God. Then you need to, your destination needs to go back to that place where you were not so busy that you can find Jesus again. Where's that place? Maybe you just need to go back to that place where you prayed every day. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe you need to go back to that place where, where you were reading God's word every day for yourself, not for a class, not for a sermon, not for yourself. Maybe you need to go back to a place where you could worship Jesus without having to have a band on the stage to lead you, where you could just worship Jesus on your own. What is your destination? And here's the thing, that may look different for every person in here who's experiencing this. Where do you need to go? Where do you need to choose to say, okay, this is where I need to go back to? Now, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying drop out of school. I'm not saying divorce your husband, okay? Not at all. See, here's the deal. All these good things that are in our lives, I think some of us need to realize that Jesus has been number four or number five in our priority list, and we just have to put him back to number one. And Jesus has something to say about this in Matthew 6, 33. I don't have it on the screen. But if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things will be added unto you. We get so caught up in the these things that we forget to seek first the kingdom of God. If we make God first, he'll take care of the rest. He always does. What's your destination? Secondly, there needs to be some determination. I'm going to be straight with you. You may not find him again before lunch today, like you did before. It may take some work. Look at verse 46. After three days, stop. We, we can read those words so fast that we don't let them impact us. Okay, I'd be freaking out after three hours. Three days? They looked for him for three days. You don't think that was tough? Oh, man, we, we totally lost the Messiah. And Mary, I don't think we get a redo. <laughs> what, what are we doing? And they, and they looked for him for three days. Aren't you glad, by the way, that they, they, the Bible didn't say, after a day they said, nah, Oh, well, we got other kids coming and, and, and just left it at that. Well, how ridiculous would that be? But how ridiculous would it be for us to say, you know what, this is, this is a lot more work than I thought it would be. I, I don't know. I think I'll just let it slide. Don't, oh, don't let it slide. Well, Pastor, it costs too much to do this. It costs too much of my time. It costs too much of my energy. It, it, I've said this before. The value of this will always be greater than the cost. You ever bought something and it went up in value? 
the value of doing this, of making Christ, putting Christ where he should be, it's worth whatever it costs you. And you, you got to be, ter- be determined for this. It might mean you got to make some changes or some adjustments. And adjustments take work. And if you're like me that doesn't like to change anything, that can be rough. Because I obviously know better. Right? And then God just messes you up. He says, Bubba, you don't know better. Do it my way. How determined are we to get back what we once had with Jesus? It, it, it's it's going to take determination. It's going to take work. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen before you go to Bob Evans today, but, but it's, it's worth it. I'm almost done. Those of you who are visitors, I say that a lot. There was some communication. (laughs) Look at verses 48 through 50. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated me like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Let's pause there. I admire Mary and Joseph for their restraint here. Because if it's me, and I see him in the temple, I'm saying, where have you been? And do not play the Messiah thing on me this time. (laughs) You're grounded, Jesus. Oh, man. And they say, why have you treated us like what we've been looking for you? And look at Jesus' response. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, before you think so, Jesus is not being a spoiled little brat here. Okay? So, boy, that's a snarky answer. No, it's it's not. It's not. Jesus is beginning to reveal to them that he knows precisely who he is. And This astonished them. When they found Jesus, here's the deal. Jesus had something to say to them. Oh, don't miss this. When you find Jesus, he has something to say to you. And it's probably something really specific. What might he say to you? if you deliberately try to listen to him. You may not get it at first. Joseph and Mary didn't. What might the Lord say? And, and if you're waiting for audible voices, it may not be that way. Chances are it won't be. Maybe he'll speak, I mean, if it is, great, let, let us know. Uh, but, but could it be, could it be that he might speak to you as you read his word. And you say, oh boy. Lord, I've read this verse so many times, but now it's leaping out at me. He, there's communication there. He, he has something to say to you. He might speak to your spirit. Might drop something in your mind that, that 
you're like, wow, I'm, I'm not even sure how to process this. How do I deal with this? And that leads me to my final point. And Jonathan, if you could help me. There, there was inspiration at the end. Verse 51. He went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Look what I've highlighted in red. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Do, do you know what my goal is? Every time we meet together, every time our friends join us online, do you know what my goal is? My goal is that Jesus would give you something and me something that we could treasure in our hearts. Something that we could take with us back to where we came from. Something that we can treasure when we go home. Those of you who are part of our Facebook group, every Sunday afternoon I, I post a question, what did you learn in church today? That's when I want to hear people say, this is what the Lord said to me. This is how God spoke to me. For some of you, it could be totally different. In fact, I've had responses on there that wasn't in my sermon, but hey, glad you enjoyed it. But but. That's how, that's how I preached on tithing. Uh, and, and, but that's, that's how the Lord does. That's how he does it. And could it be that Jesus might have something to say to you even this morning? Maybe he wants to tell you, you know what? I love your work ethic. But you've let these things get in the way of me. Maybe he needs to say, you know what, you, you, you are talented, I know, I made you. But your giftings and your talents are getting in, in the way of your relationship with me. These are good things. They're just in the wrong place. And I think the Lord would speak to every single one of us here and say, okay, if something is out of place, then it's time to find him again, to find him again. And that could be as simple as a three-day hike to Jerusalem. That could be as simple as evaluating your schedule. That could be as simple as just letting the Holy Spirit do an inventory of your life to kind of throw some red flags up there and say, you know what, this stuff's in the way. This stuff is occupying too much of the space that needs to be devoted to me. What is he saying to you? And chances are he is saying different things to different people in this room here today. But if Jesus is lost, he can be found again for every individual in this room. Can you say amen? Will you stand with me? This morning, I'm going to give you a reality check. That what I'm offering today is actually a starting point. You know what Joseph and Mary's starting point was? When they discovered their kid was missing. Then they had some decisions to make. 
So for some of us, maybe that's what God has spoken to us. Jesus is missing. But then the next starting point was when they stopped and they did a U-turn and they started walking back to Jerusalem where Jesus was. This morning, almost as literally as you turn around and walk out the door today, it'd be my prayer that if, if this is you, if Jesus has kind of gotten lost amongst all the stuff that, that, that's going on in your life, that, that today, literally as you turn from your seat and you walk out the door, that that would represent a U-turn. And then you will say, I'm going back to where I sensed him most. I'm, I'm going back to where I was more dedicated to him. I'm, I'm going back to when I was so much more passionate for him. I'm, I'm going back to the place where my relationship with him was so special. I'm, I'm going back to that place that I was before. And that trip might take a few days. Might give you a little anxiety at times. But take that trip. Take that U-turn. Take that trip. And go back. Spiritually, emotionally, go, go back. Mentally, go back to where it was before. And when you find him, when you do, I promise you, he will have something to say to you. And it could be that even... This morning, there is something that he has given you today that you will treasure in your heart, maybe for the rest of your life. So this morning, I want to give you a chance to make that U-turn, to make that first step. And, and you may need to seal that with some prayer time with God. Just talking to him, say, okay, God, here's what I recognize. I got to turn things around. Here we go. And please don't think that you got to figure it all out today. <laughs> don't. But as you walk and as you return, let him, let him speak to you. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. You might make a mistake. You might go the, on a wrong detour, but, but, but. Just go and go as he leads you. And I believe you'll have something that you will treasure deeply for a long, long time. So I'm going to pray. When I say amen, I want to give you a chance. Maybe you want to spend a few moments before you leave to pray and say, God, here we go. Here's what I got to do. I got to make that turn. Speak to me. And, and, if that's all you got to say, that'd be a powerful prayer. And when you're done praying to him, and maybe you just want to sit in his presence, but when you're done with him, you can be released to fellowship with everybody in the lobby. But let's not disturb anyone as they're praying, okay? But let's, let's go find him. Let's go find him where we first or maybe last sensed him. Jesus, 
I'm asking you that your Holy Spirit would lead us now. God, there are those that literally as we turn around and and walk from this place, God, may that be representative of a turnaround that you're making in many people's lives here this morning. God, may, may it represent going back to where it once was before we lost you, going back to where we were so passionate for you and and intimate with you. God, whatever it takes, give us the courage and the determination to first of all even recognize this, but secondly to, to take those steps. And God, may we know that you're there guiding us every step of the way. So Lord, walk with us, I pray. And give us something that we will treasure in our hearts for a very long time. And it's in your beautiful name that I pray this, Jesus. Amen. If you need to pray, feel free to do so right now. You can come to this altar. You can pray at your seat. Whatever is best for you. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.